0: Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal.
1: Hi. Welcome to the show today. It is a wonderful day. We have a fantastic guest today. His name is Brian Stevens. He's a lieutenant for the Fort Worth Police Department, and he works in the gang division. Did I say that right, Brian?
2: You did, Ann. Thank you.
1: Well, we wanted so much to have you on to hear about your life. I actually titled the show, uh, Passionate Life, A Good Man, and I know that you're very passionate about what you do. I wanted to, um, because how much I believe in you, and I know that you have a life that Definitely is a life of living well. I um, was hoping to have you share just about how you got to where you are and um, what it's like being who you are. So I just wanted to welcome you to the show today. Well, thank you, Anne. So can you tell us how in the world you ended up where you are? Because you've been there how many years?
2: Twenty-three years now.
1: Twenty-three years. So tell us how a person to where you are. Like, when you were a kid, where are you from?
2: I, I grew up here in Fort Worth and uh, lived my whole life here with my entire family.
1: And was your dad a policeman?
2: No, he actually uh, owned his own landscape company uh, growing up, and uh, I, he had no part of police work. It was just something I uh, ended up walking into in life.
1: How did that happen?
2: I guess I've always told this story. I guess if I ever had a hero in my life, it would have been my uncle, and he was a San Diego detective for all the years I can remember even um, seeing him in life. Uh, and when I went to college, I studied criminal justice and thought about going on to law school, but I just kept looking back at the, the life he lived and how he influenced me, and, and, and I, I, I just wanted to walk in his shoes.
1: So he was really a model for you of a life that you thought was attractive.
2: He really was, you know. He'd tell the stories and 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 his lifestyle and and the things he got to do and see, and I guess just um, moved me in that that direction.
1: Wow. So what was his life like?
2: Well, a lot of it was, you know. Fun running and, and balling and going, but uh, a lot of it had its negative side too. And you know that, uh, like I said, all the stories just it pushed me to uh, the the thought process of can I get out there and do something right and, and try to help at least a few people and, and and it was the it was the positive side of what he would talk about that really really moved me.
1: So, what age did you decide that that might be something really cool to do?
2: Uh, like I said, it was in college. Um, when I first started college, I thought I wanted to be a music major because I'd, I'd done music uh, for several years. And um, then I just had some friends that I'd met in college that were criminal justice majors. And, and the classes that they took seemed to be <laughs> more interesting than, than what I was currently in. So I moved over to criminal justice and, then, um, like I said, kind of just followed my life goals from that point on. It was really what I was called for.
1: So you majored in criminal justice. That's what I was wondering what the major was.
2: Yes, ma'am. I graduated from Carlton State University in 91 with a bachelor's in criminal justice.
1: Did you know at that point that you were going to go on to be a policeman?
2: Yes. Before I graduated um, college, I had met a uh, district attorney there in Erath County, and uh, he, he put me through my first police academy and sponsored me through it, and I... Uh, I got my commission, what we call a Texas Commission, through him for the first year before I came to Fort Worth.
1: Wow, that's that's so so neat. So, do most people who want to be a policeman do they go to college and major in criminal justice?
2: You don't have to. Some departments require college, some do not. Um, you know, it's just a it's just a process of of when that person. Uh, I believe that each police officer. That become for a person that pl- becomes a police officer, each of them have that little spark in them that they just want to go out and help people and do good and, and be a greater person for others. And uh, I think I don't know that it, it takes college to for that to uh, to become part of you.
1: So, what did your parents think of that?
2: They loved it. Um, both are gone now, but uh, they they loved the fact that that I was I had become something them this important and they loved to hear about my work and, and what I'd done and uh, I, I pretty much got a phone call every day to make sure I was okay and uh it was it was a lot of fun getting those phone calls and getting to tell them the stories and they never wanted to hear the, the bad stories but they always you know talked about them after we did you know speak about it
1: so they weren't scared for you
2: no I don't think they were really scared I think they uh they knew that I took this job very seriously, and each officer does take this job very seriously. And we're well trained and, and well observant of what's going on around us. So, you know, it's it, it, it can be difficult at times, but based on the training that we go through, it's it's uh we do okay.
1: You do okay. I would think, you know, as being a parent, because I know you're a parent and you have six children, right?
2: <laughs> I do.
1: Yeah, I would, I would think, being a parent, um, you know, when people think of their child being a policeman or a fireman, you know, there's, it's a little scary.
2: It can be at times, but you know, if if you do it right, you you explain it to your family at, at the beginning and and you set them down, and we have classes that we put our families through that explain them. We are going to go through a lifestyle change and uh, become a different person, uh, usually for the positive, but uh, we get them prepared for for things like that. And, you know, the kids, as they grow up, they, uh, they you know, I've already been a police officer long before my kids got here, so they they don't see me as anything different or, or look at it that way. You know, as long as I come home at the end of the day, uh, safe. They're they're just as happy as if I was doing any other job.
1: How about your friends when they, you went to college what They grew up with. What did they think of it?
2: They like. I mean, it's you know everybody knows police officers, but the ones that are your friends that stay your true friends, they understand that um, again it's a different lifestyle. You know we we go and we see a lot of negative every day, and it's, it's when you come home to your friends and your family, they make that negative go away. So. You know, it's the true friends, and you know that they're true friends when when they don't ask you about what you did at work today. They just want, you know, to sit around and and have, you know, great conversations, and and can care for you uh, because you did come home that day.
1: Now, you're a lieutenant, so tell me, because, you know, I, I think I asked you at one point, so are you a detective, or did I... I, I um? I know, and you said something about that. I guess I demoted you to positions. What, are, what is it, like when you first become a policeman, what are you called?
2: You are a police officer. There's multiple levels, uh, especially in a department our size, and most departments have about, just about the same levels. There's multiple levels you, you can promote up through to get to different ranks.
1: So you become a police officer. So for you, you became a police officer, and then and, and what did you do at that point?
2: Well, I stayed a police officer in patrol, uh, where you start out, is out on the streets answering calls for service um, in the communities, and I stayed there for about nine years before I promoted to what is our first level, which is corporal slash detective.
1: Now, does everyone move up to detective?
2: No, it's a a choice made by the individual person. Some people remain um, just a patrol officer their entire 25-year career. Uh, Some people have a calling to move on to specialized units, and they'll stay uh, in those specialized units. And then some have a a calling to promote on up to different ranks.
1: So did you know you'd want to move into gangs early on?
2: No. um, Gang wasn't something that, you know, I'd tried as an officer or corporal to move over into. Um, It was just an opportunity that opened it at this level as lieutenant and when a position comes open from someone retiring or somebody moving to another unit, uh, you look at it. You see what the job specifications are, the requirements, and if it just sounds something like something that you're interested in, or that you think could, you know, enhance your career, or just gaining the basic knowledge of uh, all around what what this department offers, um, it was something that that did interest me. And so I put in a, a request to come over here, and actually was lucky enough to get chosen.
1: So what did you do first before that, after you had your nine years as a patrol officer?
2: Um, When I promoted to corporal, I I went to the detective's office and worked what's called general assignment, which are um, just the basic uh, crime cases, theft, burglary, you know, auto theft, and and things like that. So uh, I stayed there about three years and then moved into a specialized unit called our uh, major case unit where I was a missing persons detective.
1: Yeah, wow, how long did you do that?
2: Actually, I was only there about six months before I promoted to Sergeant. I had a couple friends in the office that I'd actually went over there to work with, and they were on they were studying to promote and i was I felt a little left out so I I studied with them and ended up getting lucky enough to promote, promote the sergeant from there.
1: So the missing person um, detective um, you know I would think that would be. Kind of discouraging in that, especially now with how many people you know with the with the um with the sex trafficking and the what do they call it the the um people being taken for for slaves and all that kind of stuff I mean I would think missing persons has definitely increased
2: I don't know at this point you know it's been a long time since I was in that in that office um most of the cases I worked in the short period I was there were you know, if somebody doesn't want to be found it, and, and somebody files a missing report on them, it, it's just because that person just doesn't want to be around right now. Um, I didn't get much into the trafficking because uh, it was several years ago, and we actually have uh, federal and specialized units that work that. So it really doesn't fall within that, that realm of what I did at that time. So it, it's hard for me to speak uh, in reference to that because my knowledge is just limited on, on what that really is entails at this point.
1: So, tell us what it's like being working in the gang
2: division. I'm sorry, I missed that point, that question.
1: Tell us what it's like working in the gang division.
2: As a lieutenant, uh, I will be honest and tell you my job is extremely easy where I fit because this unit has been together for so many years, and the, and the, and the guys and the girls that we have in this unit have been doing it for so long, they're just phenomenal at what they do they know what to look for they know how to go after uh, the criminal element that we deal with Um, I have 32 officers that work for me um, that you know go out and and track down the new gang members the old gang members they they work the cases they write the warrants they uh, file the cases against them they really make my life easy at my level Uh, it's my job just to make sure they have what they need to complete theirs successfully.
1: So what exactly do you do then? You just, I guess you're over all of them.
2: A lot of meetings. That's what I do at my level, a lot of meetings with the executive staff and and things like that. And then, again, just, you know, I've got a budget and I've got uh, staffing requirements that I'm required to keep up with. And, and again, just make sure that the officers that are in this unit we are specialized, we're a support bureau to the rest of the department, that they have everything they need uh, equipment-wise, time-wise, you know, money-wise to to complete their task successfully.
1: So are you the guy, like if you somebody see a TV show and you're sending out the guys to go, you know, break up these gangs or whatever, are you the guy up front at the podium giving out their assignment?
2: Oh, uh, well, we have a sergeant that usually does that at what we call roll uh, we'll call. But um, I'm the one that always sends out the. Um, I'm usually the bad guy. I bring in the bad news or the good news, you know, and then they disperse it out to the to the roll calls. But we have two units of work at night time that uh, they'll have a roll call before and they'll they'll go over who it is we're currently looking for or what what group we really need to focus on that's causing most of our issues and what what area of town that what we call hot spots the crime hot spots are happening in so. Um, No, I don't. I don't stand at the front of the room anymore. But usually, when I show up, it's a oh boy, he's here again with what?
1: <laughs> is it kind of like the principal?
2: Uh, unfortunately, yes, I am.
1: <laughs> so, in this area in Fort Worth, Texas, what is it that is the most? I mean, because there are a lot of gangs. I mean, in, in, would you say a lot of gangs?
2: We do have a large number in, in Fort Worth and. And more uh spread out through the actual Terrence County than than just within our city. Um, we do have a, a high number of, of gangs, but they're a whole different element than what they used to be. You know, we've had to we've had to transition the way we um we work our job because they transition the way they they do what they do. You know, they're no longer standing on the street corners in their red and blue shirts throwing their gang signs. They're actually a, a business entity. And they're all about what they say making the dollar these days, so you'll get one gang working with another to make money running you know doing crimes um, because that's that's what they've transitioned to
1: so they run their gangs like a business, right
2: They really do they uh it, it's a lot harder for us to find them we We spend a lot of time on 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 the computer and and, and, and like I said, doing different. Jobs and what we used to driving around, and all you had to do was just look for the colors. Um, so we've had to refocus our methods of of operation to to even track them down these days, but you know we're still doing a good job in, in Fort Worth you know um, we they always make the joke there's no game for problem in Fort Worth, and we'd love to be able to say that, but we'd also be out of a, a job if we did so so is the
1: for the gangs in Fort Worth is it worse than in Dallas?
2: I really can't answer that. Uh, I know D- Dallas has a smaller gang unit than we do, um, but we've had them visit and and, and looked at enlarging their their uh, their unit again. Uh, and, it, and it's it's a hit and miss. It's you know one one month we'll have very limited gang crime, and then the next month we might have a a big rush of gang crime. But uh, we stay on top of it and. You know, our stats, what we call stats here in Fort Worth, are, they look really good because, like I said, this group of individuals I have working for me are, are the best of the best, and I've told them that a hundred times, and, you know, they look at you and you go, yeah, you're a supervisor, you're supposed to say that, but they don't understand that they really keep this city safe from that element of, of criminals, criminals out there, and I'm, I'm proud to say that I, I, I do, I am part of this unit.
1: Well, I was just wondering, because living in Dallas, the crime seemed higher to me. I mean, Fort Worth, since I've moved over here into this, you know, the suburbs of Fort Worth, the crime seems so much less. And um, but I think in general, most people, you know, feel like the crime has increased since the borders have been open in the last year. And then, and you know, illegals are just plummeting through the borders and people have noticed an increase in crime.
2: Right. It's, I will say this for Dallas. that city is twice our size. You know, the apartment's twice our size. So, you know, when you look at stats and that's what that's what people see or just numbers on paper, it's they're working just as hard over there to, to curve that element that, that we're working over here. And um um it's it's difficult. I will tell you that. It's it's very difficult for us to come up with the right method of operation to to bring the crime stats back down because you know, we have city leaders that, you know, they, we all work for the community. And if the community doesn't feel safe, then it looks like we're not doing our job. So we really strive and we really work hard to uh, to do the best we can and, and to stay in touch with that community. And, and we even ask for their assistance, and we get an unbelievable amount of uh, assistance from the citizens of Fort Worth with what we do, and they make our job a whole lot easier.
1: So what can people... Um... What can people do, you know, when they're, you know, people talk on on social media a lot. They'll gripe about the police, right? And they'll gripe about things that are happening. Even though they don't necessarily go to the city council meetings or actually contact the police, Um, do you you guys read social media?
2: We... We thrive by social media these days, especially in this unit. We spend a lot of time seeing what's what's being said out there and what's being done. You know, with, especially on the gang on the gang side, because we have to. They're they're all about social media these days, and so we we monitor it. Um, you know, but social media is also one of our worst enemies. You know, people love to get on there and talk negative about us and everything. But you know, we've said it forever, and, and we've dealt with all these issues for years and years as police officers. There's always been a negative side to the way some feel about us. And we've dealt with it forever. You're just seeing it more nowadays because that it's so easy to get the negative word out there.
1: Yes. I, you know, I, I went to a, um, you know, at the SAFE Summit, they had a whole class on haters are going to hate. And so talking about social media, the people that talk negative on there. So we'll talk more about that. And we're going to go to break. And when we get back, we're going to hear more from Lieutenant Brian Stevens on the gang division, what he does, and uh, just living a passionate life. You guys stay here. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Sunshine Herbs in Saginaw, Texas, on Main Street, Business 287, has all of your supplement needs and healthy food products. So my suggestion for you, visit Sunshine Herbs today and let their knowledgeable staff who know all their products and their naturopathic doctor lead you to a life of health and wellness so that you too can live well.
2: Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Fort Worth, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to lifesolutionscoachingandcounseling.com or email them at lifesolutionscoachingandcounseling.com cc at yahoo.com.
1: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's A-B-LivingWell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. We
1: are talking with Lieutenant Brian Stevens from the Fort Worth Police Department Gang Division. And we are hearing all about life as a lieutenant, life working with the gangs, and um, Mr. Stevens lived a very passionate life. And hearing the passion he has, and he loves, you know, giving to his police officer. Um, he said he had, like, 30 police officers under him. And so we're just hearing about this fascinating life here in the dallas Fort Worth Metroplex and his 23 years of service. Welcome back, Brian.
2: Thank, Thank you, Ryan.
1: Well, and I know right before break, we were talking about social media. Um, social media is fascinating to me. We live in a neighborhood, I don't know, with maybe... 100 homes, and, and people on our neighborhood HOA, homeowner Association <laughs> website, they are, they gripe about the police, and um, and somebody else will say, cause we have the chief of police that lives in our neighborhood there, and he, you know, people will say, you know, are you, do you ever, you guys are just griping on here, do you go to the council meetings, you don't go to the city meetings, you don't hear all the great stuff that they do, and um, so it was nice to hear somebody, you know, uh, defending the policemen. That you know, you talk on social media. That doesn't help. You need to go straight to the police department or go to those meetings. And then that's why I wanted to ask you about that. Um, and so, social media for you, you guys. I'm I'm glad to know how you guys look at it. I just can't imagine how long that would take.
2: Yeah, it's um in my unit. I have what's called an in, intel unit, uh, and that's that's part of their job. They they monitor the, what's what's being said out there on the on the social media sites and. You know, we do it for two two reasons. One, for for can we find the criminals that we're looking for? Are they bragging about what they did? Uh, and the other is just seeing what the world's uh, talking about these days. You know, it's it doesn't have to be gang related. You know, we can find other other elements of of what we do. Uh, just by what people say about others on social media, it's, it's funny that they, they they don't stop and think that if I say that, they're they're giving away a, a name or, or or location or whatever. But we we, we are glad to do it. You know, I probably shouldn't even be talking about it, but uh, it's 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 going to happen. You know, we're going to get negative, we're going to get positive, we're going to get uh, uh, all kinds of things happening on social media these days. Just because you know, just because it's sad out there doesn't mean it's it's true. And you know, we have to live that life every day with. With the news and, and, and the way the world is, is is moving along these days so we're we have to be aware and and, and look at uh, things in a positive way as much as negative
1: well what, what do you think because I was one of the things I wanted to ask you is I think that a lot of people that I know that are in our town they don't really know how you know to express their concerns where do they go what do they do how do they you know, how would they do that when they have concerns about, like, you know, hey, it seems like the crime's getting worse in this town or, you know, those kind of concerns. What is the most helpful thing for the police department, for them to voice their concerns or just have the group come together? What what would be the most helpful thing?
2: Well, again, let's turn to social media because almost every police department in this day and time is going to have a website that's devoted specifically to their, their area and their town uh, and so if they have a concern and they don't really want to call a police officer out and talk to them face to face, which I still prefer, I, I love to get out of the car and, and actually just go up and actually talk and meet with people because that's that's what you know this job was really all about years ago and, and we've kind of gotten away from that because it's just so easy to, to get on a phone or get on a computer these days and say what you want to say, whether it's negative or positive, but each, each police department has their own website these days, and you can get on there and send a, send a, a request or a, a concern straight to, you know, uh, the police department themselves, and a lot of times the executive staff sees that, and they'll send that down to whatever unit that specifically needs to handle that concern. You know, in Fort Worth, we have neighborhood police officers that are assigned to a geographical area that if a, a concern like that comes in, they'll send that officer out to actually meet with that person face-to-face or make a phone call, so... Um, that's what is is easiest for everyone these these days and times. You don't even have to leave your home just type a simple concern or request in, into the computer. We will reply to it. you know it may take some time because of the mass size of this department, but you know most of the time if it's a concern, it is immediately addressed because that's that's what our goal is. Our mission is to take care of the citizens of of Fort Worth because we work for them. You know, and we have a great, great, great relationship with with all the citizens of Fort Worth. We always have. We've always been that good old boy uh, police department that we just don't catch the negative that uh, a lot of the bigger departments do nationwide. It, it makes me proud to to work in this city and and be here as long as I have, and and get to say that and mean it from my heart.
1: Well, and I know that I had asked you before when all the stuff in the media, um, you know, was kind of. Getting seemed to be against policemen—that um, was the sense of it. When I talked to you about that, you said that you know the media will do that, but for you, it's been mostly positive.
2: And again, I think it's just the, the luck of the city that I work in. Uh, this department, ever since I've been here, we just we've we've had very little negative. Happen in this department or happen in this city, and uh, I think it's just luck of the draw for me uh, in in where I got hired and where I've got to enjoy my career. Uh, again, because we just don't have we don't have a, a major negative element. We have crime. Every city is going to have crime, but we don't have those those bad those bad riots or the bad uproars. And, and even if we do have something that shows up negative in in the media or in social uh, media. The people here know that this is a good department. We we work hard to and strive hard to to be what the citizens want us to be. And you and there's always there's always a negative element comes out somewhere. But I I think Fort Worth has so many positives that it just it just overshadows anything that comes up negative.
1: What do you think as far as um, the crime uh, as You know, and I don't know if it's because of the borders being open. I mean, they look open. When you see the uh, border with Mexico right now, as far as Texas, I mean, even though they have border patrol down there, they can't, they don't seem to be able to stop them coming across. And so, you know, people are wondering is some of the crime in the smaller towns that's picking up the uh, suburbs of Fort Worth. And when I say picking up, I mean, you know, we've been all very fortunate that we haven't had hardly really any crime. And so, you know, it, it is increasing, but um, if people as a group in their town have concerns, I, I know that, like, our town, they'll have the... They had an open house at the police. I guess they had a... For the town people to come and, you know, and, and they had a meeting, and the police and the chief talked to them and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. Um, so that was a good way. And if people have concerns to actually go... Do you guys do that regularly, like once a year, or how does that work?
2: Um, we have fairs and community gatherings and, and meetings and what we call community forums constantly, especially in a city of this size. We have five different divisions in, in this city. We have north, south, east, west, and central. And each of those divisions is required and, and, and has uh, community forums where we go and have it's it's a Q and A alt for hours, um, where our executive staff will come, our chief will even show up and, and sit there and answer the questions the community has about crime stats, about um, the criminal element in their area, and and like I said earlier, you know it's it's a it's a place where they do voice their concerns, and each one of those concerns and each time they 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 uh, ask a question, it's addressed immediately there at the forum, or it's. Dispersed out to a specialized unit or someone to handle that, and I take pride in, in saying that most all, everything we we have come up gets handled almost immediately in, in those types of events.
1: So, would people find out about those forums on the you know um, police department website?
2: Yes we, we have uh, we have a very large website that we we keep up to date uh, almost daily that will have uh, those forums and anything that we hold department wide and then um, you know each individual side of town um, they have cops groups which are citizens on patrol we have cold blue that they'll have their own website and and they'll they'll get that information pushed out to uh, to each side of town on when those meetings are and you know the city council they they put it on their website the uh, the city puts it the calendars on 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 the city website as well so we, we get it all the information out there, we can, and, and even if those people don't make those meetings, like I have said, pick up the phone, call us, um, send us a, a, an email. We're going to reply to it, and we're going to we're going to handle your situation for you as quickly as we can.
1: Yeah, and that's good to let them know because I think that you know the media always wants you to watch, and they've got to keep you kind of uh, nervous and anxious so that you're constantly wanting to watch find out what's going on, and um, so that means that they've got to kind of make you right. Are worried, and, um, you know, and I think that that is just TV media in general, um, and so I I wanted people to hear, you know, really all the good things that are out there and, and what they can do. Now, I know that you're very passionate about your job and your men that you should know. What would you say is the most dangerous thing for your men? Oh, women. This is what you I have to... I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's
2: all right. I totally understand... I totally understand It's now day and time. It's just, it's just the, the unknown element. You know, we, like I said earlier, we're very well trained. We, we've always had to keep it in our, our mind. Um, what are we walking up on, you know, and and we teach them in training, what is the worst case scenario that can happen at any, any time of the day? So it's, it's a training issue for, for officers and it becomes a, just a mindset that we stay in, and uh a lot of times it's tough for that officer to forget when he goes home to his family that he's no longer in that mindset and The younger officers have you know have to to learn how to leave work at work but uh the most dangerous thing is just just the unknown element that we always have to look out for you know you see it in the in the news these days you could be sitting sitting at lunch and um you know and unfortunately lose your life just because of that individual is there but uh, it's just a training issue, so um, we're constantly, you know, aware of our surrounding, and we, you know, we just have to be ready for again the, the worst case scenario at any given point. So um, there's not one thing that's more dangerous than any other, uh, because this this job can can sneak up on you at, at doing anything. Traffic stops, working an accident out on a busy freeway. You know walking up to the door, knocking on the door, and that person not knowing who's outside it's it's just it's just a mindset we have to stay in as police officers and, and then um, um turn it off when we go home
1: but part of your main job in the gang with gangs is to what what are you trying to do
2: Mainly we are what what we like to think is an intel specialized unit it's our job to know who those gang members are, so most of well, I'm going to say a, a large percentage of our job is identifying who the gang members are, who are the new ones, who are the, who are the ones that are, are running the operations, who are the ones that are, are, are being the biggest thorn in the, in the side for the, for the crime that's happening. And then, again, just tracking the hotspots and is it gang-related or gang-involved. Uh, it's just staying on top of the intelligence side of, of police works. So again, we spend a lot of time looking for and tracking down the gang members
1: so do you guys track down the big guys or do you do you just kind of start with the smaller guys and work your way up
2: it's it's hit and miss it's um, you know it's far we you know a lot of times we'll identify who it is we're looking for and our detectives will will try to get enough evidence to write a warrant for them and if we do that then we go after the bigger ones but for the most part it's it's just identifying who's out there on the streets and and putting them in, in our system t- so that if if ever we do deal with them we know exactly who they are where they are and, and, and we stay on top of the latest information on, on how to track them down.
1: You know when people think of gangs, you know they think of blood the bloods and the cribs, you know. And I know there's a lot more than that. I mean um when you think of this area, what are the main gangs
2: now? Well you you're right, the bloods and the cribs are still it's still out there, you know. We got we got several other um, gangs in the area. We have multiple gangs, and I, you know. I, I don't want to sit here and just throw their names out, because I'm not going to glorify who they are or what they do. Um, but we've got them identified. We know who the, the the main members are, and and we have a huge computer system just full of names and and uh, identifiers. So, uh, you know, and we'll have a new one show up, you know. Once a week, some some wannabe will will throw a name together and, and call themselves a gang, and um, well, they may not be an active criminal gang, but if they if they have three or more and and they identify themselves as a gang, well, then that's our job, and we're going to find out who they are, and they'll be documented, and they'll be put in the system, and um, we we have some different uh, abilities on how we work those cases, so um, they keep they keep us in a job. That's I can say that.
1: Well, yeah, I can just imagine, that I, I think that um, people want to know how to stay safe from them. When, when, um, so are most of the gangs? Uh, are they citizens of the U.S. or are most of them illegal?
2: No, I'd say most of them are citizens. We don't, we don't deal much with the uh, the illegal element. Um, we have specialized federal units that that usually track that, and we help them out. Uh, we have a a great working relationship with with some of the federal. Agencies that, that do that, and uh, we provide you know uh, resources to them, just like they provide resources to us. So we work, work back and forth with those units. So um, I'd say you know most of it is just a young younger um, group that, like I said, it's all about making an easy dollar. They'll do whatever they can to to, to make money.
1: Well, and you know this is well, this is one of the things that people have been telling me that. You know, in their small towns, that when they go to complain to the police department or they go to city council meetings and they talk about the crime, lately what they've heard is, early in the last year, well, you just need to carry. You have a gun, you need to carry it. Anytime you go out, you need to carry it. And uh, I thought that was odd. I, I had never really heard that before. What do you think of that?
2: Well, you know, a lot of police officers have different mindsets on the open carry law and on the concealed carry law in, in Texas. You know, to me, um, the criminal element has been carrying a gun or carrying a weapon my entire career. I've always had to worry about them. Uh, my mindset is, is if you're a decent individual who wants to carry a gun and you go get the the, the correct and the safe training that that I think is required... You know, that's that's you having your opportunity to protect yourself, and your family, and your property. Um, so I don't have a problem with anyone carrying a gun at all, as long as they receive the training and the appropriate paperwork and and, and they go through the processes. Um, I think each individual person should should have what, it, what they think they need to protect themselves from the elements that are out there in this world because they are out there. And um, I know that even if I wasn't a police officer, uh, I'm going to protect my family and my loved ones uh, in any way I, I need to. So I think it's just giving a decent person the opportunity to have the protections that they feel comfortable with.
1: Well, and I, I thought it almost sounded like they're saying, you know, you need to protect yourself because we may not be able to protect you. Um, and that scared people, you know, like, really, I have to carry a gun. I mean, because a lot of people, I mean, we've grown up here and we've not had to ever do that. And so um, that just seemed kind of odd to me.
2: Well, I think, you know, unfortunately, we live in a different world than than when we grew up. And you see the the mass shootings and you see the the shootings that happen all over. And, you know, knock on wood, fortunately, we haven't had one in this area in a long time. And um, it's, I think it's just the police department's way, if they are saying that, to just tell people, you know, we can't be everywhere. Uh, we would love to to protect every single citizen uh, in our city at 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It just can't happen, and you know it's a, it's a tough world. And I think I think the message is, is just we're trying to give everybody that one element of protection that that they need if if we can't be there. Yes,
1: and so I know that um, I mean almost everyone in my neighborhood uh, carries. Are <laughs> not carries but have guns. And so, for me, I, I, I don't think it's a bad idea for sure that instead of... If you get to the point where you really feel like you could be in danger and a lot of... I think a lot of people in general are more afraid that it's good to go out and get training. You know, go go learn how to, you know, shoot and tell so you feel comfortable and get the right training and protect yourself. That's really cool. Um, okay, so for you, what do you think people... You know that would help you guys. For people to be able to do to feel, for them to feel more safe, for them to um, you know do their part. What would that be?
2: I think the biggest thing is, is if you don't know what what you need to, to to feel safe, or you don't know what you know the best way to handle a situation is. Is there are tons of classes out there these days by companies that will teach you know self defense or teach. Home protection, or teach, like you said, the, the gun classes. Get some training. Get on the internet. Read, read what the professionals are saying about how to protect yourself, how to keep your family safe. You know what happens if we're in a restaurant and this takes place. You know, you know. I always tell my wife, you know, for, before you sit down in a restaurant, look and see where the exit sign is. You know, it's it's sad that you have to tell your own, your own family this day and time to be aware of where the exits of a of a restaurant or a movie theater are. But it's it's just in this day and time in this world that we live in, you have to be aware of your surroundings a hundred percent of the time. So it's just a safety factor. But there's so much training and, and so many classes available that I suggest everyone take one. You know, what do you do if a person walks up on you, and you? You know, what do you do if this person does that? What do you do? You know, nobody when we were growing up had to think like that. Um, but now you do. You you really do. And it, it's a sad it's a sad thing that I have to say, but. People just need to be more aware and get some, some self-defense training.
1: And I noticed, you know, coming out of Walmart the other day, I noticed that it was getting dark, and, and a girl was walking out. She was pretty young, um, and she had her phone, and she was doing stuff on her phone. She was looking down. You know, she had a real dangly purse that was kind of open. to just a bag. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, you know, she's not even paying attention to anything that's going on. You know, she's walking up to some crowded cars. She has no idea who's in those cars. Um, she didn't have her keys out yet or anything. And I, I think when you say be aware of your surroundings and you walk out, you need to, you mean be attentive.
2: You're exactly right, especially for a situation like that where she's young and she's a, in, a, in a big parking lot. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, a Walmart. It can be anywhere. It can be coming out of her own front door. Um People can't get away from their cell phones these days, and, and that's, that's, that's been a, a dilemma for, for us as well with people driving and with people, you know, like you said. So it's awareness. That is the key word that you you said it I've said it. You have to be aware of what's going on around you these days. And uh, we live in a busy world, um, but people need to stop and realize that if you want to live in this world, you need to be aware of what's going on.
1: Yes, and I think for me, you know, it, you know I had, when I was, I, I took karate and I was in self-defense and those are the things, I think the self-defense classes were the most helpful. I mean, you know, I can kick and I can break boards and all that, but the thing that's helped me the most is telling me, you know, be smart, not to go down dark alleys. You know, if you're driving home at night, go where there's people, don't go on the dark roads, um, and, and don't go out in the middle of the night unless you really need to and um, when you go out. Be aware when you're walking up to your car. Be ready. Have your keys. be, you know, pay attention what's under your car as you're walking up. Look in your car. You know, like, click it. Have the light come on. I mean, there's just so many things that I just naturally think about that I'm, a, and I realize wait, a lot of people didn't take that.
2: Right. And fortunately for you, you have that training where where a, a professional who is trained in, in how to teach you to be aware of your surroundings and how to teach you teach you to to Take care of yourself and 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 the mm-hmm. movements you're going to need for those situations. It, you know, it, the young girl that was walking out of Walmart. She could take a 30 minute class, and that 30 minute class might save her life one day. Um, yeah. I suggest to everyone. I you know it's 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 a time factor. People will go, well, I, I'll do that someday, um, or I'll I'll make some time for that sometime. But they don't realize that today may, may be that last opportunity for them to get that that training, and that 30 minutes may be all they needed to uh, to live a safe life and, and, and have a safe safe uh, walk to your car and, and get home to your family and the ones that love you.
1: Well, we just thank you so much, Brian, for being on and telling us all about what your life is like and what your your police officer's life is like. And if people wanted to reach you, how would they do that?
2: Again, they could just go to the Fort Worth Police Department website and and. Send email request in if they have any issues whatsoever uh it doesn't have to be gang related it doesn't have to be narcotics related just any community uh, question or concern they have you know information is the police department's best best tool uh if we don't know the information we we have to find it ourselves but if, if we if we know what's going on in the community, then we can address our our resources to to help and and to focus on those issues so Get on the website, send us an email, send us a request. Uh, Pick up the phone call or non-emergency number if if you wanted to, uh, if you needed needed to get that information to us. Well,
1: we thank you so much for being on. And if if you would like to, um, and listeners, if you would like to uh, contact me or know more about me, you can go to livewellshow.com. Uh, or you can email me at ablivingwell at gmail.com, and we would just love to hear from you. If you uh, would like to coach with me at livewellshow.com, you can contact me that way. I just also want to say Java Express in Azel, Texas, is having an open house, and so it's a coffee shop. Just want to let you know about it. You might want to reach them, javaexpress.com. Thanks for listening, and you guys have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week back here. In the meantime, live well.
0: Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beale airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week.